Hey, Becca, what's the best platform to sell an online course with? The only answer is Kajabi. It's an all-in-one platform where you can host your course or your membership and your blog and your website and a podcast and your email all in one. And even better, you can get a free 30-day trial of Kajabi to see why we love it so much. See the links below or head to teachwellonline.com slash Kajabi to get a 30-day free trial. And you can play around with your course, with your membership, and see all the tools it has to offer to grow your business. When I was growing up, Chad, do you know what my mom taught me about assuming? I know where you're going with this, Becca. I know, but like seriously, if you show up in your online course, assuming that your learner knows X, Y, and Z, you really will look like... Wait, 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 wait. Don't, don't, don't go there. But <laughs> in all seriousness, if you want to teach well online, explain everything. And what we're really talking about is anytime you sit down to write or teach a lesson or a course, as a teacher, you always have to ask the question, what is it that the learners already know? Where do I begin? Do I start teaching all the way at the beginning with the basics and the fundamentals and spelling everything out? Well, maybe that would work really, really well in many cases. But if you're teaching more of an intermediate or advanced level skill or concept, it might not make sense to start all the way at the beginning because you want to take them to a higher level. And so every teacher wrestles with, where do I begin the lesson? Do I start all the way at the beginning? Do I pick up somewhere in the middle? Do I do a little bit of a refresher so that we're all on the same page? Where do I go? And that's what we're going to be talking about in this lesson. I have an easy fix for that. You just simply explain everything. Welcome to the Teach Well Online Podcast, where we believe if you teach well, you will sell more. And today's episode, we're going through the alphabet. So we're on letter E, and we're talking about when you want to teach while online, you explain everything. If you have not caught up on our entire series from teaching while online from A to Z, we're on episode E, like I said, but if you want to get all the notes and the key takeaways and the action steps, we actually have a free podcast cheat sheet. We are live updating this every week so that you can just listen with your earbuds in and go about your day. However, we've done the hard work for you by taking the notes. So if you head to teachwellonline.com slash A to Z or scroll in the show notes and click the link, you can get our free podcast cheat sheet, which will give you all the notes and action steps that we provide in every lesson. Okay, y'all know that we are really strong in our position that when you teach well, you will sell more. I feel like we're going to say this every episode, but this is a really important part of teaching well, which is explaining everything. But the reality is you have to get your marketing right in order to get to this point that you know that you are explaining things well. In a one-on-one -on -one situation, a, a traditional school classroom, which we're talking about teaching online, but, but think about a classroom for a second. People don't come in through the door without having met some kind of requirements, whether they take a pretest and they get filtered into the correct learning environment based on what they already know. You don't have that online. Online, you have to control and be very specific about who comes into your learning and at what level of knowledge they already have. And one of the biggest blunders that we've seen in courses, literally inside courses, is that the person has not marketed it correctly. They have said, oh, this course is for the person who dot, dot, dot. And they believe and they've sold a course that's 
seemingly to the high level person. And that learner is so excited because yes, I've been wanting this higher knowledge education on how to get me to my next level. And then they get inside and what happens? They under deliver. This is what we mean when we say that people over promise and they get really good at explaining what their course is going to be good at, but then they, they get actually into the get content. into the course and they under deliver. I see this happen the most people tend to err on the side of teaching the basics and the fundamentals. So they they do a really great job. They've had success in their business. They've had success at their craft. People want to be like them and do what they do. And so they do a really good job talking it and getting people into the course and people get into the course and it's just a bunch of basic, simple things. And it was like, wait, I wanted that high level stuff and all you're giving me is the low level stuff. You can fix this really easy by clarifying your marketing message and affirming the learners. We try to do this every time we teach, whether that's in a course, whether sometimes, most times, whether that's on a podcast. We try to affirm from the very get-go, if you're listening to this, you are boom. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the very first lessons within all of our course structures that we do, we are affirming this course is for you if boom. We are trying to affirm that because We don't want someone getting into our course with the wrong expectations. We don't want them to be disappointed because they thought it was going to be one thing and then they got in and it was something different. You can control who comes in by clarifying that marketing message. And in a way, you're saying, hey, this course is perfect for you if you fall under these categories. And this course is absolutely not for you if you fall under these categories. Right. And it's not that you have to say, this is not for you if. Um, So don't take this as like, oh, I've got to actually make, you know, change my sales page. This is not for you if. But what we want you to be careful of is that if you are telling people that your course is for a specific learner level, and then they get inside your content and you have under-delivered, that is not going to serve you well. And we want you to teach well, which really brings us to the first part of this podcast. We're going to go through the challenge of assumption. We're going to present this, the problem. If you are under-delivering in your course, it's likely because you have the challenge of assumption. Then we're going to talk about, well, how do we design a lesson that actually makes sure that we are getting the balance of explaining correctly? We're going to share with you three examples of sentences that we have seen literally in the wild in courses. We're going to show you how those sentences could be changed, just a slight tweak to explain more and really bring success to the learner. Finally, we're going to go through reasons that you need to explain everything and our four steps to change your structure of your content so that you are leading a winning piece of content that explains everything clearly to your learner. So you talked about assuming and assumptions. And this is what I like to call the challenge of assumption because as a teacher, you have to guess. You have to kind of assume what is it that your listeners and your learners already know And what is it that they may not already know? And you've got to somehow put that information together as a starting point for where to begin teaching your lesson. So I'm a former classroom teacher and I taught band, taught students, played music together. But when my students came into my high school band program, I assumed that they were at a certain level of mastery on their instrument, right? They they knew how to play their instrument. They knew how to play notes, they knew rhythms, they knew tone, they could make a characteristic sound. So all of those things were assumed. You couldn't really make it into the high school band program without being able to at least play your instrument at a certain level. We sure hope. 
<laughs> right, because nothing that I would teach them at the high school level would make any sense and actually would be above their skill level if they didn't understand how to make a good sound, understand how to read music, how to play notes, things like that, right? Yeah. So I assume, and I actually required that they were at a certain level so that when they came into my program, I had a very clear starting point of where I began with all of my students. We were going to start on these particular scales. We were going to start working on these particular rhythms. We were going to start making these particular tones as we were playing. There was a clear starting point, and I knew that. You could also read their faces, right? Like you could see that when you were challenging them, they were right there in front of you looking confused or nodding their head in agreement. And that happened many times where you could you could just feel it in the room. You would say something, and it maybe wasn't connecting, and you'd have that one hand that raised in the back of the classroom and saying, um, Mr. Campbell, I don't understand what you're talking about. And, and in that moment, as, as a good teacher, I can react and I can take it a couple steps back and I can scrub that information a little bit more. We can explain it a little bit more to bring everybody back up to speed. But when you're teaching online, it gets kind of scary because you have to make a decision. Where am I going to start teaching this content? What am I going to assume people know coming into it? And what are they not going to know? And I would say after our times working with clients on their courses, the biggest hang up that people seem to deal with with the content is starting at the beginning and thinking, well, I've got to explain every single part of this before I even get to what I want them to learn. And that is the challenge of assumption. Yes. Learning is a building process. It builds off each other. You start somewhere and then the learning is, it's, I like to say it's a journey. <laughs> it's quite the journey. It's a journey. It's a building process and it's a journey of lots of ups and downs. In simple terms, you can't learn Y if you haven't learned X and you can't get to Z if you haven't learned X and Y. Learning is sequential. In education speak, this challenge of assuming is what we like to call recalling prior knowledge. A good teacher knows how to recall prior knowledge. They understand that every listener, every learner into a lesson knows something. They're bringing something into that learning. Your job is to first and foremost, recall that prior knowledge. A great example of this is that if you're a photographer and you just tried out this brand new 85 millimeter lens and you've been test shooting with it for the last couple of weeks. And so now you're going to teach a lesson to your photographers about that 85 millimeter lens. You have to assume that your learners already know how to use a camera and that they already know what an 85 millimeter lens is. They know what focal lengths are. They know use case scenarios for that lens. You have to assume that they already know that in order for you to teach them about why you like this particular new 85 millimeter lens the best. And then similarly in the sleep world, when I would teach a family in our courses about setting up the room for sleep, I needed to basically already know in my head, okay, they know that the child has their own room, but something new they might not know is where to set up the crib or where to set up the white noise machine. We're building knowledge. The challenge of assumption is that you are taking something that you are, you know, your learner is coming to the table knowing this basic piece. Now let's build upon that and let's go into something new. Every learner comes to a lesson with prior knowledge, knowing some things about the subject, not knowing other things things. You have to get this balance right between how much prior knowledge a learner is coming into your lesson with and, and where you start your learning journey at. So for example, if you assume that they know too much, you might not explain as much as you should. Right. Like in my courses, when we're talking about setting up the room, I just gave that example of 
I assume that they're coming here with a uh, a crib at least and a room. But if I assume that they they know too much, like oh they already know about the white noise, they already know about the darkness, they already know all of these things. A lot of the setting up the room is the key to their sleep success for their baby. And if I assume, oh, well, you guys already know that, then they're going to have trouble later on down the road because the room is not as dark. They're going to be, you know, waking up the child because the white noise machine isn't on. I'm assuming that they know these things, which in my mind, oh, everybody knows this. But that's actually a failure of my course if I don't take the time to explain that. And most people fall into this trap. They tend to under-explain. They think people know it already, or this is too basic, and so they don't cover it. And in reality, they should have taken a moment, even if it was a brief moment, to explain it. So you run into an issue if you assume they know too much and you don't explain a lot. You also run into an issue if you do the exact opposite. If you assume that they know too little, and then you over-explain, and over-explaining will bog down your lesson, and it becomes too much. I think about an elevator. An elevator has a weight limit. Right? You can only allow so many people onto an elevator at one time or it gets bogged down. Same with an airplane. You can only carry on one piece of luggage. You can only have so many people on airplane or it gets bogged down. Your lesson can get quickly bogged down if you find yourself over-explaining every term, every concept that's in it. That's a miss. And honestly, it's not that you have the intent that you're going and thinking, oh, everybody knows this or nobody knows this. You, I get it, you are a good teacher. You wanna teach well online. And so you are are really trying to cater to everyone in this. Like, okay, I'm going to just, I don't wanna waste people's time. So I'm just not gonna explain that because I don't want to you know, go over something that they already know. Or on the other side of this, you think, well, I need to tell them everything because surely they don't know anything about anything. And so I'm gonna explain it all. There is a balance between these two extremes, and finding that can be tricky, but that's what we want to help you with today. And two more quick examples. There's a balance within your teaching. You can't spend or you shouldn't spend all of this time on the front end of your course explaining the basics and the fundamentals to make sure that everybody understands the easy. But then when you get to the harder concepts later on in your lesson, you don't explain anything at all. You can't explain the easy stuff, but then not explain the hard stuff. Alternatively, you can't explain the hard stuff in your teaching and completely miss the easy stuff that makes the hard stuff possible. You can see how this is just a big challenge in assuming. It is. And so today, we've presented the problem to you, but we want to actually help you design a lesson that gets the balance right of explaining enough, but at the same time, not undermining your learner's intellectual ability because they are very capable people and we want to be able to help them. So Chad, can I ask you, like, if you were to just cut to the chase of this, how much should we explain to our learners inside our course? My answer, my declared position, you explain everything. But it's all in how you explain it. And we're going to give you some tips and tricks here in a few minutes on how we approach that in our own teaching. Okay, we're going to do a little exercise on, I'm going to read a sentence. And these are real sentences that we have seen out there in the wild. And I want you, Chad, and listener, I want you to listen to the sentence and then explain to me what it is that needs to be explained in this sentence. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so this one's for my photographers. Here's a sentence. A simple trick to get that creamy bokeh in your images is to pull your subject away from the background. 
Boca. What is Boca? That needs to be explained. Now, I know, because I've worked with a lot of photographers, I know that Boca is a very commonly understood term. But did you know the very first time I was in a photographer's course and they said Boca, I had to go look it up. I have yet, actually, Becca, as I stand here today, I have yet in all of the, I've, I've worked with senior photographers, wedding photographers, portrait photographers. I've worked with a lot of photographers. It's been great. They're incredible people. However, I have yet to be in a photographer's course and have them explain what bokeh is. They just throw that term out like it's understood. And it is understood. And actually, if you're listening to this as a photographer, you might be like, I don't have to explain that. Duh. But what if you did? What if you and did? it only took a minute. So Chad, can you re-say that sentence with this filter of we need to explain everything? And we want to show you how simple it is to take the sentence that I said and now explain it by just adding a few words. Sure, here goes. A simple trick to get that creamy bokeh, which is that blurry look in your images, is to pull your subject away from the background. So Becca, in my explanation, what is bokeh? The blurry background. Blurry background. Now, we know there's more to it, yeah. but that is just a simple explanation. And now I don't have to go look for what is bokeh. Okay, so here's one for our designers. Here's the sentence that we've seen out there in the wild. Your aesthetic will dictate the final design of the website. Aesthetic. Right. That needs to be explained. Which, hey, we can apply that word into lots of... Uh, most of us are watching HGTV and know what aesthetic is. It makes you sound smart. It does make you sound smart. But if you wanted to really care for your learner and explain everything, how can we fix this sentence? I would say it very quickly within the sentence. I would say your aesthetic or your design principles will dictate the final design of the website. Ooh, I like that design. What is aesthetic? Design my design principles. Yeah, mine. They're mine. Quick, simple. And all of a sudden, I'm not getting bogged down. It's just a quick explanation. It is, and it's making everybody win because I think these messages will stick to different people. Aesthetic will stick, or design principles will stick, and people will understand that. Okay, this is for my sleep people, and we keep talking about sleep because we have a lot of people in our world who are doing the sleep gig. So here is a real for true statement that we have seen in the sleep world. Are you ready for this one? Because it's, it's tricky. It. The regulation of sleep is processed by the homeostatic physiology of the circadian rhythm. Oh, that's a big old mouthful. What and I feel needs like, to be explained in well, that? I, I feel like I got to have a PhD to understand okay. this. Well, there's a lot that needs to be explained in that. Regulation of sleep needs to be explained. Homeostatic physiology needs to be explained. And then what in the world is circadian rhythm? How would I go about explaining this? That is probably maybe three different lessons. Mm, that is because you need to really dig into deep into that. And what I think this person is trying to say is that sleep is regulated by circadian rhythm. Right. You could actually delete some of these words, especially if you're talking to people who need sleep. They're not going to have all of these stick to them. But what's if we were to just take those little bits of it, take out the homeostatic, take out the physiology, how, Chad, would you re-say this sentence? Sleep is connected to the circadian rhythm, which is your internal clock. Haha, that's so much easier and so much better. We get it now. So those three examples, those are really share, sharing with you how you can explain everything and not bog the learner down. As if those examples weren't quite enough, we have four reasons that you should explain everything. And then we're going to teach you the four steps it takes to actually explain it all. The first reason why you should explain everything in every lesson that you do is because you are a teacher, not a talker. You're more than a resource. You're a guide. In fact, 
Your ability to explain things is what actually makes you a teacher. This means taking terms and concepts and ideas and exploring them in a way that the learner can build knowledge and experience off of. And this is something that is really exciting for you because you're not just talking the talk. You are literally walking your walk. You have done this, you have experienced it, and you have experienced it and and scrubbed and massaged the information so much that you can break it down in, oh my goodness, going back to our bite-sized lesson, in ways that you're explaining things well to your learner in these little pieces. I've met really talented people, really skilled people, and they are so good at what they do, but they really struggle with how do I teach others to do it or how do I explain it? One of the quickest, best ways to get good at explaining things is to go hang out with little kids. (laughs) That's so true. Because they're going to ask you questions that, quite frankly, we take for granted all the time. They're going to ask you questions and make you really think through, how do I explain this? Just yesterday, I was with my daughter and she was doing some math work. Simplest thing that I could think of, place value. You have your ones, your tens, and your hundreds. For 30 some minutes, I I would explain it to her one way. She didn't get it. I was like, okay, how do you not get the most simple thing here? And now it's been a while since I've put myself back in that (laughs) second grade or whatever it is, right? And so I probably tried different ways of explaining the most simple thing, place values, ones, tens, hundreds, probably five or 10 different ways until she finally started to understand it. But when we closed the book and we walked away for the day, I still don't think she fully understood it. And it forced you to do that. I've taught my kids how to ride a bike, how to pronounce their T's. Have you ever taught a kid how to pronounce (laughs) the tough sound? You're you're explaining how the shape of your tongue is in your... It is hard, hard, hard. Yeah. I've I've, I've taught them how to... Roller skate. Roller skate. Play chess. Right. If you want to get good at explaining things and understand this difference between teaching and talking... You can talk to a kid all day about how to ride a bicycle, but actually explain to them how to do it. Good which, luck. Which really comes to your, your as you said, this point, the reason why you need to explain things is that you're a teacher, not a talker. And so because you're coming to this course with prior experience of helping people see wins, and now you are ready to take it to the online classroom, this is the difference maker, is that you have experience working with people and explaining to them in step-by-step form how to achieve their results. So this is no different. That same principle that you've been explaining things to people in person, you're now doing that online to the masses. And so you are a teacher, not a talker. And so by you explaining everything step-by-step to them and going a little bit deeper than you think you might need to go is actually gonna be really helpful. And if you go back to our bite-sized lesson episode, if you aren't explaining things well, You're going to try to just cram as many different subjects into one lesson as possible. But if you really get into the habit of starting to explain things, naturally, you will start to break your lessons down into more bite-sized chunks because you're going to stay on it for a little bit longer. You're going to have to dig a little bit deeper in it. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you're still not quite convinced, like, okay, I get that I should explain everything, but really, Becca, do I have to explain what Boca is? Do I actually have to explain what an aesthetic is? This one, I think this one's going to get you. The next reason that you should explain everything is because a great teacher views the learner's success as their success and the learner's failure as their failure. So as a teacher, if your failure is my failure, 
then I'm not going to leave anything to chance, right? I'm not going to leave any stone unturned. I'm going to find every opportunity to explain, define, repeat, and even make sure you know what you need to know so that you can go and do what I'm trying to teach you to do. And so that goes back to that bokeh. You may think, people already know this. Like I'm a failure if I really have to define this very basic photography principle. However, if there is even one learner out there who doesn't know what that is, don't leave that stone unturned. Just take a few minutes and define it so that they finally have their aha moment, which the more aha moments you can help your learners make, the more successful they will become and the more they will rave about you. Oh my goodness, this always comes back to teaching well to sell more. It's all connected, right? And you brought up such a great emotional point. If you view your learner's failure as your own and and you are emotionally connected with that and you're like I don't want you to fail and so I'm going to do everything possible to make sure that you don't fail you are naturally going to start explaining things you're naturally going to start repeating things in fact you actually just said in my opinion what a teacher's biggest secret weapon is the power of repetition mm. we we go on a walk with our kids and and one of the the sidewalks is really close to a main road do you think I'm just going to say only once Hey, make sure you walk on the grass side. No, you're no. going to say it every single time. <laughs> I'm going to say it probably every 20 seconds because I don't want them to get hit by a car. And right? they're just like, yeah, dad, okay, dad, okay, dad. But they know. Because their failure is my failure and <laughs> I'm true. not going to let them fail. Well, if you as a teacher, even if you're teaching a, a concept in photography or a concept in design or, or a concept in cooking and you connect, hey, if they fail, I have failed, you are naturally going to start explaining and repeating yourself and you're going to become a better teacher. You are. And they, as the learner, will feel that they are being taken care of because you have thought of them. And that is just such an incredible feeling for a learner to take hold of. The third reason why you should explain everything as a teacher is because when you explain something, you are communicating, whether directly or indirectly, that it is important. When you stop on a term, when you stop on a concept and you give it some time and you give it some space to breathe and you talk about it and explain it, you are communicating, this is something that's important. I think about a highlighter. If you're highlighting a book that you're reading and you take that highlighter and you highlight a sentence because it's important, you have stopped and you have drawn attention to it. When you're teaching and you stop and you draw attention to something, you're saying, hey, this is worth knowing. This is worth remembering. Let's go to our photographer example. If you are explaining a lens that you love and you pause and you share the different ways that you really enjoy using this and what it does for you, you're communicating that that's important because it does all these functions, right? You're kind of stepping out of the lesson for a minute to explain it and then to step back in. And I would argue there's really only two reasons why you wouldn't explain things. You wouldn't explain things if you, one, you don't think it's important enough to explain, or two, you simply don't know how to explain it. Oh, and that's a spicy one because honestly, that's the truth, is that there are many times that you're like, I'm kind of uncomfortable with this topic. I don't want to explain it. But it's worth taking the time to, before you even get in front of the camera or you hit the record on your mic, to understand it so that you can teach it. Because remember, they're coming to you, the learner is coming to you as the authority on that topic. And even if you can explain it a little bit more than what they know and understand, they will trust you and they'll wanna continue to listen. It's really easy to talk through it. It's much harder to actually teach it. And there is a difference between teaching and talking. The final reason that you need to be explaining everything is that when you explain everything, 
It keeps your learners coming back to you. We're full circle again on when you teach well, you'll sell more. And when you teach well and you explain everything, you now have guaranteed yourself a learner who is always going to give you money because they trust you, they're seeing success with what you're teaching, and there's almost this desire inside of them to continue to learn from you because you're doing it really well. You're teaching and you're sharing the concepts really well, and guess what? When they hear someone say, oh, I really need help with sleep, or I need a new website, or can you recommend a photographer to me They're to learn from because I wanna learn more about photography, they're going to know you, in essence, This learner, they trust your ability to teach them. This is really hard to do, but you always want to try to predict, assume the questions that your learners are going to ask and answer them because the worst possible thing to happen is for you to teach something and the learner leaves with more questions than answers because what are they going to do? They're going to go to someone else or something else to try to get those answers. They're gone. Right. So the four reasons that you should be explaining everything as a quick recap is one, you're a teacher, not a talker. You are here to explain things because you are guiding them to success. The second reason that you need to explain everything is that you see your learner's success as your success and their failure as your failure. The fourth reason that you need to explain everything is that you are communicating what is important to that learner. And finally, when you explain everything, it keeps your learners coming back to you. So we get it. We get why explaining is important. Now, Chad, we actually got to break this down. How can we implement this in our teaching? You helped us transition those sentences earlier, but how can we actually look at our course and start to explain it in a way that we can do some homework on? I use a strategy to explain everything by thinking through grammar. You have words, you have sentences, you have paragraphs, you have chapters, you can go on and on. But I like to explain everything by thinking through, first of all, what level of explanation is required. If, if we're going to explain everything, it might take just a couple words to explain it, but it may take something as much as an entire lesson. So I think about it and determine, okay, where does it fall? So if I'm teaching photographers about a new 85 millimeter lens that I know and love, I'm assuming that photographers already know about a camera. They already know about style. They even already know about an 85 millimeter lens. So in reality, I probably don't need to say very much about bokeh to begin with, because I'm assuming if you're a photographer, you probably know that. So in a situation like that, if I were to use the word bokeh, I would explain it within a sentence. So this is my my strategy, right? You explain it within a sentence, with a sentence, with a paragraph, or with a lesson. So in a case like this, I would explain bokeh within a sentence. I would use just a couple of words. Bokeh, which is a blurry background, that is within a sentence. It's just a few words to explain it. It doesn't take much, but there is no question that you're going to leave wondering what is bokeh. If it requires a little bit more explanation, it may need a single sentence all on its own. So going back to the designer sentence, your aesthetic will dictate the final design of the website. I might take one sentence to explain design aesthetic. So I'll say, your aesthetic will dictate the final design of the website. Your aesthetic is your set of design principles and beliefs of what design should look like. See, defining aesthetic all in one complete sentence. Right. So those are two bite-sized ways that you can explain a little bit more and not totally offend the learner because they know these things. They just might need a little reminder. But there's two other ways that you could explain if it needs a little bit more like robust explaining. 
So take homeostatic physiology, for example, with, yes. that, with our sleep sentence. That, I, I really don't know how you can explain that within a sentence or with a sentence. It's going to take a lot of sentences, a paragraph. And so if you are teaching on circadian rhythm and, and sleep regulation, you might actually take a, a chunk of your lesson, a paragraph, three to four, maybe even six sentences to go into a little bit more detail about what that is to make sure that you're not leaving the learner with any kind of questions. And you're not bogging them down because they didn't buy a course on circadian rhythm. They bought a course to help them sleep better. But if you believe that knowing and understanding circadian rhythm can help lead them to success, that's going to require a little bit more because that's not a common term that your common person who's bought your course will know and understand. So explaining that in a paragraph is going to be really helpful for them. So we've talked about explaining it within a sentence, with a sentence, with a paragraph. And the last one really gets to our episode B on teaching bite-sized pieces. You may find that what you need to teach requires an entire lesson on its own. What makes a lesson? Is there an action that follows that lesson? Are you leading somebody to go and do something? It may take an entire lesson to teach a particular concept so that they can go and do. Right. Let's use our gardening example. When you are talking about, hey, I want to learn how to make a compost garden, there is a whole lot of details that come into that. And if you were to say, you know, a few sentences on the type of composting that you need to be using in your garden, that's likely several different lessons. And so this is something that you need to be looking at your own concepts and material to understand who is the learner? Who is coming to my course? What's my assumption that they already know these things? And when I break my material down, do I need to explain these concepts in a sentence, with a sentence, with the paragraph, or with their very own designated lesson? That is what we mean by explain everything. If you want to teach online, explain everything, but do it in a productive way. This is something that we've done just naturally through the years because we are teachers, right? And it's something that we didn't even realize we needed to start telling people to do until we got our hands in people's courses, which is something that we're excited to offer here at TeachWell. If you have an outline or you have brain dumps or you have ideas for a course, but you're kind of staring at it like, I don't even know where to begin. We want to help you. I want to encourage you to send us an email, connect at teachwellonline.com or fill out. There's an interest form in the show notes here because we would love to help you by getting our hands on your brain dump, on your outline, or on your pre-existing course to help you teach it well so you can sell more. This was lesson E on our podcast. We're going through the entire alphabet, A to Z. So we're going to go through letter F next time. And again, if you have missed out on any of these episodes, um, I would encourage you to grab our podcast cheat sheet so you can just take a quick peek at everything that we've talked about. Includes the key takeaways and the action steps that we offer in every episode. So you can head to teachwellonline.com slash A to Z. Or again, check the show notes for these resources. It would also mean the world to us if you would leave us a podcast review because that is how we're going to spread the message that actually what's wrong with your course is it's not taught well. And actually the world out there is telling you you can make six figures on your course, but you can't if it's not taught well. And so we are trying to disrupt this space with that clear message. And we would love your help to spread the word with a podcast review. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, everyone can teach well online if they know how. 